Welcome to the U-Turn Podcast. This is the place to connect to who you truly are. We're bringing PhDs, experts, and leaders to help you elevate your mindset in your work life and in your love life so that you can see things differently and truly love your world. I'm Ashley Stahl. I'm a career expert, author, and TEDx speechwriter and booker, and I'm excited to bring you in to this week's episode. Okay, U-Turn friends, you know that I have some very special people in my life. And before I hit record, I was just talking to this one about friendship and the importance of not just bringing new people into your life that you love, but grounding yourself into longevity um, and feeling safe in relationships. And I think one of the most incredible people I know that creates so much safety for people is Amanda Bucci. And you've definitely heard us talk on this podcast um, if you have been listening a while. And she finally put a body of work out into the world that I think was really marinating in her for a long time. It's her book, Followed, such a cool name. It's the content creator's guide to being seen, facing judgment, and building an authentic personal brand. And no, you don't need to be an influencer to buy this book. This book is really a book about who are you, self-discovery, which we all know how much I love that. Um, you've heard me talk about how I went to University of Santa Monica for my master's in spiritual psychology. Um, Amanda did the same. I never call her Amanda, so it's so weird to call you by your name. Anyway, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. I've been on your podcast years ago. I know. We, I feel like what <laughs> a different era that was. So different. We got our longevity and friendship. We got the longevity people. going. Um, okay, so... I want to start with like actually remembering when you were ideating around writing a book. You were on my family vacation. I'm sure you had thought about it a little bit prior. I to- wrote about your family vacation in the book. I don't know oh if you saw God, that. God, that's so funny. I, no, I cracked it open for the first time just the other night. That's so fun. Yeah. I'll ha- you'll have to I'll I'll find the page for you, but No, I'll, I'm going to read I'm reading the whole thing anyway. I just cracked it open. <laughs> The lake is in followed. Uh, oh, God, I can't. How can you not? Well, okay, so my family goes on a very not classy lake trip. And Amanda Bucci, no matter how many followers and how followed you'll ever be, you always keep it real. Like Bucci from the block. <laughs> I've never heard you say that one. I don't know. Before, I but I appreciate it. You know what I mean? It's like, yes, you're Bucci still from Bucci from the block. block. I feel like you keep it so real. You're so in your body. You're so not identified with like being anyone but you. And I feel like so many people have to do layers of ego work to get there. And it was so natural for you. And that's something that struck me when we first became friends. But can you take us into the lake? And when you're on my family trip, like what was stewing for you? And why did you feel like this book needed to be shared? Yeah, I, I, the beginning of the process of coming up with the idea was this really cool feeling of, um, you know, it was it was this feeling of a lot of pattern recognition that I saw in the coaching space that I'm in and just being a content creator and being a person that has been online on the internet for the last 10 years, coaching a lot of people and helping them build their brands and just watching myself and other people transition from one thing to the next thing. And figuring out like, how do I stay who I am while I'm, you know, showing people online that this is what my brand is and this is what I'm putting out there and this is what they can expect of me. How do I all of a sudden change that or refine that or what happens if people are misperceiving me? And I always found that so fascinating of just the meta observation of watching how are people, how do I think people perceive me? Mm. There's a chapter in the book called Are You Who They Think You Are? Mm. And it is all about that ego work of really being able to recognize what am I putting out to the world and what parts of me do I feel are acceptable and okay to put out to the world? What parts of me do I feel safe sharing with people that doesn't feel too vulnerable, but feels good enough and like people will accept me enough or praise me or reward me enough that I'll get followers and I'll be witnessed. But there's there's so many there's so many parts of ourselves that we have to confront when we're on social media 
when we're sharing our story or when we're sharing a relationship change or when we're putting our brand out there or we're starting a new business or we're starting a podcast and we have to confront so many parts of ourselves. And I've, in my personal experience, had to confront myself over and over and over again. And I'm one of those people that shares a lot about my life online. And I feel really a, a, a sense of purpose in that. Not everybody does that, but but I do that and it's really meaningful to me. So all the things that were percolating within me, you know, between self-development and like connecting to your authentic truth, which is really the core message of of what I do and what I've always done. And the blend of doing that and like transferring your essence into a digital format, into a, a brand that is successful, likable, profitable, monetizable. But staying true to yourself in the process is was really like something that was just so loud within me. And I'm sure you had a similar process in the beginning of writing your book. It was a disaster. It was just like lots of ideas yeah. <laughs> in in the brain, trying to figure out where to put them. Um, the story that I have about the lake trip in your book was really this moment when I was realizing how much social media can also really mess up our connection to ourselves and our truth when we're too much in it and we're too deep into it and we're too locked into the feelings and experiences that we have when we're interacting with other people, comparing ourselves. In the book, I talk about, you know, your mom told us to put our phones in the car because it was too hot Mm -hmm. and we weren't going to be able to use them anyway. And I was like, okay, we can do that. And I remember, you know, no phone. We were sitting in the, the lawn chairs and I was just noticing that it was just sand, water, mountain, sky. And my brain, my nervous system just felt so regulated by not being on my phone. And I talk about social media detoxes in there. But really just like another opportunity to recognize how disconnected we can get from ourselves through social media and how easy it is to kind of fall into these traps. Do you want to get your daily dose of greens, but you feel like you're kind of eating dirt? This episode is sponsored in part by our dear friends over at AG1. And what I love about their greens is that they're not only carbon neutral, but they taste really good. I started taking AG1 because I really wanted to get all the nutrients and vitamins that I could possible, but I just couldn't bring myself to drink those celery, vegetable, juice, smoothie situations. I wanted something that actually tasted good and was also really good for me. So their greens taste very tropical, tasty, and yes, they have travel packs that are perfect for road trips and getaways because if you're anything like me... You don't want to bring a big old box of powder. So you never have to miss out. I've been on Athletic Greens for the past year and I cannot seem to live without it. I actually look forward to drinking my greens with them every morning. So with one tasty little scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This very special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, even anti-aging. It's really all the things. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and just give your immune system this gift of convenient, daily, easy nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, AG1 is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit drinkag1.com slash U-Term. That's D-R-I-N-K-A-G-1.com slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N, drinkag, and the number one, ag1.com slash U-Term, to take ownership over your health and pick up the daily nutritional insurance that your body needs. Now let's get in to this week's episode. I love this. And it's so interesting because as I started reading your book, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so interesting to know you and to be reading your words and to see how an integrity you are. Like it felt like we were just chatting. So you really were yourself in that book. And I feel like, um, so, so many people who are listening right now, they're like, okay, this is all great, but I don't even want to be anybody on Instagram. I don't want to show anything. Um, why do you think that they should still be reading this? Because I imagine like, you know, even if they don't want to be an influencer or something like that, they're scrolling social media every day. They're commenting um, and engaging with people every day. So like, what does this have to do, would you say, with just how you express yourself in the world? Yeah, I would say it's twofold. So for people that don't consider themselves a content creator, 
the book outlines the process of owning who you are, right? So we do that in the world in so many different ways, primarily in our career, but also in our relationships. Let's just say you are feeling like you have a desire of what you want in a relationship, but you're scared to do it. It's the same process of really meeting yourself and confronting yourself and followed walks through the barriers that we have to work through to really access our full authenticity. So social media and being a content creator or an influencer or an entrepreneur is one vehicle to process and to continue to confront who am I? What do I want to put out there? What is in the way on the inside to me actually doing that? And if you read the book, you will glean so much of the wisdom of the process of being the fullest expression of yourself. And mm. you can probably notice and recognize where in my life am I not fully satisfied? Where in my life am I not feeling fully alive? And what parts of me do I feel like aren't okay to show to other people? Do mm. I feel wrong that I exist in a certain way and it's just, it's I'm judging it. I have shame about it. I feel wrong to feel this way or it just feels really vulnerable. Mm. So the simple, the actual like method that is outlined and followed you I talk about it in application to being a content creator but really it's in application to meeting the most expressed version of yourself and finding a way to move through the fears the judgments and the shame that we tend to have in actually being expressed and mm. showing that to the world mm. okay so I'm gonna try and voice this and I've never put it out. And so I think you can play with it with me because of how great your brain is. Um, you know how people say like relationships um, help you heal um, your your relationship with your parents or just help you grow. But there's not a lot of content out there on like, how is that the case? What is going on in relationships? Or a good relationship will help you heal, right? Mm -hmm. And what I realized is, okay, I'm 36. I was living under my parents' reality, um, and they're great parents, but I mean, you know them all too well, but they're their little creatures in their own way with their own little patterns and habits, and I adopted a lot of those, yeah. and it can be a real self-fulfilling prophecy, and let me show you how this happens, everyone. Like, my dad, he had a mom who never told him she loved him, and he never felt hurt, and she literally euthanized his dog when he was away at summer camp, and the dog was totally like six years old. So why would you euthanize a dog? So he had a really rough upbringing. Point being, he wanted to be heard. He wanted to be loved. He came with a deficiency of love into his marriage with my mom and into our family unit. And so it was a lot about him, right? Like he wanted a lot of attention. He wanted a lot of love. My little brother and I would fight to sit next to my mom at the movies, and my dad always wanted a seat. All good and fair, except what happens is when you're with someone that wants to be heard all the time, you don't get heard. So here's how we become our parents. Now I want to be heard. Now I have a whole podcast, an entire book. <laughs> and it's like that just goes yeah. straight to having a dad that was too busy needing to be heard. And I never got heard. So I think it's like we don't realize how we can become our parents. We become the thing that really bothers us. It's like bothered the shit out of me as a kid that my dad like wanted so much attention. He needed so much help emotionally regulating by sharing so much with us and venting to us. He's a really good dad and he's a creature and I've become the same creature. So it's funny because that's how self-fulfilling prophecies work. So I was living under that patterning until I was 21. So think anyone listening right now, and this relates to the followed book in a lot of ways. Um, I was under that patterning until I was 21. I'm 36. So I've spent 15 years in my own terms and 21 under their terms. So I spent more of my life still steeping like a tea bag in my parents' reality. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> steeping like a tea bag. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> yeah. Like, um, and so how can you share with everyone how they can begin to start using life, using social media, using everything as a mirror? Because Maybe you're not posting something, but you see something and it bothers you. Like there's just so mm -hmm. much self-work in um, being in today's world. So any insight you have around people starting to notice where they need to work on themselves and how to show up with that. Yeah, I really I love your your teabag story, but also the the metaphor and just the examples that you provided, because it is a really important concept to understand that social media relationships, it's not just about 
the way that you feel, but it's more about what you, how you feel is what it is inside of you that needs to be looked at, investigated, unpacked, really asking yourself, is this strategy still something that I want to take with me into the next season of my life? This is something that I came, I got from my parents. Do I want to keep this? Is this helpful? Is this useful for me? And that's really what I wanted to do with with Followed, whether you're a creator, which is a very particular experience, or a consumer, which is also a very particular experience. You are in a relationship that is a new kind of relationship with your social media platform or your app. So the relationship is you with a group of people who don't know you really. Mm. And even as a content creator, when you share parts of yourself or your story, people still don't know you really, right? So what will happen is we get into this relationship with us and whoever we're interacting with on the platform and they bring up stuff for us. They they mirror certain things to us in our experience of ourself. So as you're navigating social media, if you use it as a personal development tool, the the core thing to pay attention to is you know, what am I, who am I following and how are they making me feel and Mm -hmm. what feelings are they bringing up within me that challenge my worldview, that challenge my perspective, that challenge the way that I have tended to view things. And if you're a person on the path of personal development, if you listen to this podcast at all, you obviously are, you will take that opportunity to look at yourself. You'll take that opportunity to see, okay, this is bringing something up for me. What about this person is representing something that I feel. So for example, if you're following someone and maybe they feel or their energy is kind of representing a mother that controlled you and that energy doesn't really feel good to you, it might feel like it's about that person. And maybe you get into a dialogue about it online, or maybe you comment something, or maybe if you are a content creator, someone messages you and they don't like what you did, or they criticize you or they judge what is happening is we don't, we're not in an intimate relationship where we have trust context and nuance for who those people are and what they're, what tea bags they're bringing to the table. So the best thing that you can do is assume that if you know anything about relationships, everyone's got stuff that they're bringing to the table. Just like they say at University of Santa Monica, we both went to, everyone is a full human being and they're bringing their full self to the table and you can view them through a loving lens as best as you possibly can. Every human is like an infinite well of experiences, multidimensional talents and gifts and fears and patterns and pain and culture and conditioning and all the things that people come with. Mm. So the best thing that we can do is look at everything as, okay, what is this bringing up with me and within me? How can I grow from it? And how can I find a way to not just exist in my own patterns and, and protect myself as much as possible, but how can I be myself and, and continue to express myself? Mm. If you're a consumer and, a, and a, someone that is following other people, allow the people that you follow to to feel you, but also to challenge you in in some sort of ways, right? Like there's very often opportunities to get confirmation bias of things that we already agree with and things that already kind of affirm and reflect back the things that we think that we believe. But I talk about in the book too, I think it's really helpful to follow people that challenge your worldview a little bit and help you grow things that feel a little bit kind of funky, but you're interested in it. You're like, hmm, that seems different than what I know. And I think that's one of the coolest things about social media. Like there's something for everybody. There's a content creator talking about every every little thing you can possibly think of. And it's only getting more specific and it's only getting deeper nowadays. And I think it's so cool to see the consciousness of humanity reflected in like a digital format for the first time in the human history mm-hmm. through these little squares, through these apps that we're that we're following it's like oh this is this consciousness and this consciousness and like this idea and that's interesting and like whoa this is a lot of stuff what's me what what can I use for my benefit to grow oh I love this okay so one of the things that I know a lot of people deal with and I know you've certainly gone through and I have too is the discrepancy between not just who you are and who people think you are um because that always scares me. Like 
fun, like not really fun fact, but like interesting fact, I guess, is whenever someone's followed me for a while, I always get this subconscious, maybe it's conscious because I'm talking about it, this little ping that's like, oh no, they think I'm, if they love me and they're like, oh my gosh, I've been following you for like seven years. I'm like, oh no, I hope I am who you think I am. Like, I don't want to let you down on this idea of me. Like I'm still such a human. So I know there's Mm. moments where like I've written about success and then I have failure and I feel like, oh my God, there's a special type of failure reserved for people who write about success and have to feel failure. It's like you feel out of integrity with your message. You feel like you don't deserve to be sharing. So how have you gone through those very human seasons? Like what has been the most useful for you as you're kind of collecting yourself and kind of finding that new iteration of like, I can't call you Amanda anymore. It's so weird. Like Snoopy 2.0. <laughs> I call her Snoopy. <laughs> Snoopy. Yeah, yeah like, like Snoopy, Snoopy 2.0, Snoopy 3.0. It's like, you know, the Apple yeah. iPhone upgrade. It's like every time I turn around, I'm like, how many uh, upgrades? 16.7, you know, it's like. And you watch like an hour and a half long movie about the upgrades. And you're like, yeah. cool, this is a great movie that we just watched. Yes. <laughs> but it, I mean, that is that is a really great question. And one of the reasons that I wrote the book, too. So I can now join you in the the business failure club and and having this this yeah. failure experience. Um, I started a second business two and a half years ago that failed last year. We we ran out of money. We had this big vision and we were going to build a tech platform. And there were many reasons why it didn't work, but it we had to stop what we were doing. And we had a team of six people and we had a developer and I had this really great idea. It was called the Entrepreneurial Archetype Quiz. And then we were going to launch a platform to go along with it to help entrepreneurs understand themselves on a deeper level and help grow their businesses with a more easier understanding of how to do it. And the experience of that very specific failure, which was really the first business failure I've ever had of like fully putting myself out there fully diving in wholeheartedly into creating and building something, believing in it wholeheartedly, wanting it to work. And that's kind of the level of delusion. People on TikTok talk about Delulu. Have you heard of the Delulu thing? <laughs> no, on but TikTok? I love it. <laughs> okay. You would like I'm to love be, it. Being Delulu is essentially being delusional <laughs> and delusional enough to go after your dreams and to go after what you want, even if it might fail. So in that process, it was like, yes, this is something that we can do. And like, you know, you think it's in within your realm of control. And sometimes you get into a business experience and it's not in your realm of control. Mm-hmm. Um, I made a reel today and I compared that experience to dating and relationships mm-hmm. where you think you get into a relationship with someone and you pour yourself into it wholeheartedly. You love hard. You figure out the scope of the person and really get into like, can we do this? Is this workable? We love each other. We fell in love, but we're working on our patterns and you've hurt me and I've hurt you. And like, how do we actually do it? And very often the stigma in, you know, breakups or marriages ending is that there is a failure or someone did something wrong or like you couldn't make it happen. And the very often truth more so is that you realize that you were incompatible Perhaps it didn't end well because it was really hard to just admit that and end it when it should end. And finding a way to accept that is really being able to, and same thing with business and accepting failures and then having to speak about it. The process is being able to properly grieve and then accept yourself and accept what has happened and release the shame that you hold and carry about that experience. Mm -hmm. Doing that publicly. I've changed my brand publicly two major times in the last 10 years. And I've also had this business failure experience. Doing that publicly is is super scary. Mm. And that's a lot of another, uh, the reason that I wrote Followed was being able to kind of just recognize, guess what? When you get into relationships or when you get into businesses, you are really figuring out who you are in the process. Mm -hmm. A business or a social media platform or a relationship, they're all containers and vehicles for you to figure out who you are, Mm -hmm. figure out more of what you want, figure out more of what you don't want. You like build skills and you realize like, okay, two months ago, I didn't have that skill. Now I do. What does this experience look like when I apply this skill? 
what does it look like if I really pour myself into this and figure this piece of it out and, you know, try it and, and give it my all. And even if it doesn't fully work out, it doesn't mean that that thing is wrong or that you are wrong. What it means is that you've learned a lot of new information about yourself mm. and you can take that and move into the next phase. So I'm turning 30 in a couple of weeks on July so 6th. crazy. July 6th. It's I coming. know. You so it feels like, it feels like a, my Saturn return is ending. So it feels like now for the first time I can finally fully like let go of any judgments I have about myself because I felt the eyeballs of other people as well of like, do they, do they think that I'm, that I don't have it all together or that like, I don't know what I'm doing or that, you know, here's me failing forward publicly and feeling that exposed and vulnerable is really difficult. Mm -hmm. But the benefit that I feel it provided me and the benefit that I feel social media and being honest about yourself, whether it's like just being honest in a relationship or with people in your life, or if you're sharing that story online with other people, it's being able to reclaim your power and release the shame and the judgment you're holding against yourself just for making a mistake or for not figuring it out all the way. And the truth is nobody knows what they're doing. Everyone's Mm -hmm. figuring it out as they go. Mm -hmm. And getting to actually learn that lesson is a really cool like integration of self integration of like, I can hold so much more of who I actually am now and just like trust, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go into the next thing wholeheartedly and I'm going to figure it out. And like, that might adjust and shift as well. So it's a really freeing experience to be able to do that and have like eyeballs on you and be followed and be witnessed in the process because it allows me to, or it has allowed me to feel confident in even the places that I have felt ashamed of. Mm -hmm. And that is such a deep level of confidence that I'm really grateful to get to experience. I love this so much. And I I know that as we're talking about this, one very real thing that a lot of people go through is like, I it, it feels too trite for me to be like, social media is a highlight reel. Remember that their, you know, their life is different than what you're just seeing. Um, but I do think that we're we've been bit by this bug of like so many people want to be famous. Um, I can't remember the research that I read, but there was some sort of research of like, would you rather have this or be famous on Instagram or something? And like a lot of Gen Z picked being famous. So, yeah. um, what do you think is, is that about? Because I'm realizing more than ever that, okay. So I went to a business pitch competition last night. It was like a little bit of a shark tank in Fort Lauderdale. (laughs) That sounds fun. I know you, I, re- I wish you were there, Snoop, because I would have had so many thoughts with you uh, on it. Um, the people were great. The entrepreneurs are great. The investors, it's like you have five minutes to pitch your thing and five minutes of investor questions, and then they go on to the next one. Mm-hmm. And cool. what was it was really cool and some really cool entrepreneurship. But what was interesting for me was there was one entrepreneur in particular, and I actually bought her product after, and it's like a spicy food, hot honey situation. What was striking me was that this particular entrepreneur, um, it's her name is Alexandra and her product is called Pickleys. I'll give her a shout out. Um, she had so much zest because she ta- she used to work on Home Shopping Network and she still does. So mm. she had like a media personality, like, oh, and she had like a sparkly headband and all this really fun shit that like everybody wanted to be with her. And then there were some entrepreneurs who came up and no matter how great their product was, they were really tough to listen to. They weren't natural speakers or they weren't um, they weren't natural content creators. And it was like, okay, you have this app. How are you going to get the content good? Because we're, we're barely making it through the five-minute pitch, even though the concept is really good and they seem like a good person. So it made me realize more than ever that for me, for you, the world needs us as artists. They need content creators. They need people who create original thought, um, fresh thought. They curate knowledge. And it was really helping me settle into how rare it is to have the kind of personality that can like get up there and rally the humans and get people excited or tell a story that really gets people into the idea. 
And I felt for those entrepreneurs that were like standing up there until they worked their ass off on this idea. It's a good yeah, idea. 100%. And their pitch is boring because it's like it's just tough to get through. It's not their thing yeah. to share and have a voice. So I know they that there's a lot book. of people who want to be – say what? <laughs> they need, need the book. your book. They need my book or they need your book. Your book. <laughs> your core essence is more of this and you need yeah. a, a face. Yeah. Different core skill set. Just get somebody to do yeah. that one. Yeah. yeah. So like I think for when I think about your book, I think about like all the people that are like, I want to be famous. I want to be an influencer. And there's a part of me that wants to ask you about the tactical things. But there's mm-hmm. another part of me that simply just wants to to get into this idea of the book followed And like, what would your message be for people listening that like, if they get really honest with themselves, there's no judgment. They're like, I want to be famous and it's okay to feel Mm -hmm. that. Um, Mm -hmm. What would you have to say if somebody really wants that and they're pursuing that? What would be your message of like, consider these three things on your way? Yeah. So something that I just, um, I just did a masterclass about this. Actually, it was a bonus for anyone that bought multiple copies of followed and you can still get access to it. If you get 10 copies of followed, Ooh, perfect. it was called own your legendary social media persona. Uh, you can submit your information or your receipt for buying 10 copies, amandabucci.com slash legend. Perfect. But I talk about the energy of being seen and what comes with that. So like what actually comes along with fame and what comes along with being a public figure and essentially what happens is you become an avatar or a character or an archetypal representation of something for society and that sometimes means you become less of a person like your persona or the character or archetype that you're representing becomes what people relate to rather than you. And everybody has different strategies to navigate that. I think a lot of famous people and actors and, you know, people that have a public persona really can do a great job of maintaining a lot of privacy of their personal selves and like their their really truth by allowing kind of the chaos of people deciding these things about them, but really protecting what is true and honest for them. Hmm. The other strategy that I tend to do and that I think a lot of people who want a big social media audience need to really consider and is very heavily outlined and followed is being able to face your own shadows, Hmm. being able to face the things that you feel vulnerable being seen and being looked at Hmm. because people will find a way to judge you, criticize you, to make up stories about you, to make inferences and interpretations about your life, depending on what you share, how you share, you know, what it looks like for you to be famous. You could just be, you know, a fashion person and, you know, post videos of you with cool clothes or makeup or beauty or whatever. Or you could be a comedian and like not actually share a lot of your personality. But the bigger you get and the more eyeballs that are on you, the easier it is for people to fill in the gaps about who they think you are. Mm -hmm. So you can either try to find a way to like let all of that settle and do your own inner work and process your own emotions about that privately. Or you can take a little bit more control of the narrative and the other layer of inner work that you get to do is face what you feel triggered by or what you feel activated by about what people might say about you. I'm scared that they're going to judge me as not good enough. Okay, what parts of me are are judging me that I don't feel good enough? Mm. How can I heal and work with myself and witness the part of myself that doesn't feel good enough, that doesn't feel okay unless it looks perfect? Mm. And that process might take months, years, you know, it might just be one of those ongoing things that is kind of always happening. Mm -hmm. I know for me personally, one thing that is on a a constant loop, but has gotten so much better over time is being seen to not have it all together. Mm -hmm. And every time I, you know, kind of have a humbling moment with the universe where I'm like, oh, I thought I I knew everything or I thought that I, you know, I thought that life was going to be this way and like everything was going to look a certain way. And then something happens where it shifts or it changes or like I'm going through something. It's just more self-acceptance and more self-acceptance in the process. Mm. And 
in my my personal work as a person and as a content creator and the way that I have found myself finding a lot of purpose in showing up is and the thing that also like benefits me as a person I'm a a life coach I'm an author I'm a writer but I'm like I also like and enjoy getting to be a representation and a role model for what it looks like to live authentically with eyeballs watching you and that is a part of you know me being the model representation of the the followed book when you're famous when you have a lot of eyeballs on you when you know that happens what happens is you essentially become like a, a model for what that looks like if we see media or tv you know john my husband recently just made a post on his instagram story where he was talking about how he didn't have a good father figure growing up and mm. his father represented to him everything that he didn't want to be as a father so he found father figures in media that he thought were a really good representation of fathers. There's tons of, you know, not great representations of dads in media. There's like the dumb dad and there's like the kind of dad bod and like, you know, just these representations of fathers in media that aren't great. But he found a few. I don't know if you've seen the OC, um, but have you seen the OC? Yeah. The oh yeah. Andy Cohen. Yeah. Sandy Cohen, the dad, like yeah. he's just like John's like, I love that dad so much. He was such a great dad representation to me. And like, I took a lot of his qualities. And Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, he was like, I took a lot of qualities from that as well. Just like these characters and representations. And now influencers and content creators and entrepreneurs and people in the public eye are also adding to the collective archetypes that we can model ourselves after. Mm. So ask yourself, like, what are you going to be a model of and for? And how can you strengthen yourself on the inside to be okay with the exposure of being seen? Mm, okay. This is like, I, 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 I'm like holding onto your ankles right now. Cause I have more questions. Like yes. one is, <laughs> um, so as you're sharing all of this, I feel like you know, you know, the theme of social media being a vehicle for growth, the theme of business or other people, you've handled so many trolls and like names that have been called at you. I've gone through it. It took me out of the arena. I feel like everybody wants to get in the arena, but people don't always talk about how dirty it can be, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can get really, it can get really gross. It can get really gross. So, um, can you share more than anyone I know, Snoop, you are such a natural at handling trolls. And by handling, I mean, there's like a graceful force field around you or you're just like <laughs> brutally honest and it's still somehow charming for people. Like <laughs> how, what is your mentality about? And and this doesn't even have to do with trolls on social media. It can just be criticism in general. Cause I know after everybody's done listening to this episode, they're going to go out into their job. They're going to go out into a party and they're going to get feedback that sucks. So like how, what is your Mm -hmm. mindset around negative feedback or how do you manage that so that you can keep going? Yeah. Um, I love that you said that I'm also a cancer and a Libra. So I have a lot of like easy energy around conflict. I'm like, Hey, it's, it's okay. Like we can have a conversation about this or like, or the other side of me will just be like, nope, you're done. And then you get blocked and deleted. <laughs> and it's just, nope, we're not doing that. So there's a whole chapter, uh, chapter eight. It's called Critics, Haters, and Trolls. Oh, my. Mm. And the chapter kind of starts off with your like natural trauma response or your primary trauma response will typically be what happens when you get confronted with trolls, critics, or haters online. Fight, flight freeze or fawn Mm -hmm. for me my immediate or more kind of trauma-based initial response was more to fawn so the first thing that i did 2014 20 maybe 2016 was the first time i ever got negative comments and people might not know what fawn means so like telling them what yes yeah yeah yeah. so so the the fight response is anger i need to solve this problem and i have a lot of anger and energy and i'm gonna like have an argument or i'm going to fight that that kind of like bringing your bear energy to something the other response flight would be i don't want to be here i want to run away i want to just leave this entirely like that feeling you get when you're in a hard conversation and you just want to leave the room mm-hmm. it's a flight response the fawn response is being um 
placating to other people, people pleasing, doing what they want to minimize the conflict or to um, de-escalate the conflict and essentially abandoning yourself in the process. And then the freeze response is when your nervous system or your body gets extremely overwhelmed and goes into more of like a depressive shutdown or dissociative mode and energy saving mode. Essentially, this is what happens when we're like, we, we feel hopeless and overwhelmed and we don't feel like we have access in our body or our energy field, or we don't feel safe enough to elicit an action strategy, essentially. Mm. So you've probably experienced all of those throughout your life. You probably have a primary one that comes out most often when you get, you know, extremely dysregulated or triggered or upset and your nervous system automatically has a response. So my initial response was to try to placate people and to just apologize or to try to get them on my side. And I would spend conversations with commenters. And this was, you know, more so in my early 20s when I didn't really have a sense of a strong sense of self. So I would get thrown a lot by certain comments and ask myself and I would feel insecure of, well, maybe they're right, but like, I don't feel like they're right. And I just want them to understand me. So I would have a lot of conversations. And then over time, I found that very often in those conversations, they don't go anywhere. People get more mean. Sometimes you can flip people and sometimes someone will really understand you. But ultimately what's happening in the way that I kind of outline it in the book is you are, and we also talked about this earlier in the podcast, you and this stranger have two opposing worldviews in that moment. And they're probably trying to get you to see theirs and you represent something to them and you're trying to get them to understand you. And very often they don't care about understanding you. They just, you represent something to them that opposes their worldview or opposes what they think is right and just. So you're not having an effective conflict or argument. So in the chapter, I really outline like what makes an effective conflict or how do we resolve conflict with people on the internet, if at all. And I also talk about you are not in a trusting, intimate relationship with so many people online. You don't actually have to spend your time and effort resolving conflict with people. Sometimes, and this is where the relationship can get a little bit more nuanced, you have people that are watching you interact with people. So your core audience, like your your core people, the people that follow you, the people that love you, the people that have you know known you for a while, they will watch you and how you show up in conflict, and that will often affect their experience of you. Have you ever you know heard heard about a, a friend and their partner getting a conflict, and you're like, oh, that seems a little like why would they do that? That seems a little mean and bad, and like they didn't they didn't apologize for that. Like that doesn't seem great about them. And now I have that information about them, but I don't really love it. So what I have found is if I'm going to continue maintaining a, a great relationship with the people in my audience, I want them to see me be mature, secure, and, and as healthy in conflict as I possibly can. And that really, what I found, what that looks like is finding a way to create regulation in my own nervous system. So very often we will have to, if you've ever been called out or canceled or had a negative comment it's one, probably 100% true that you've had some sort of dysregulation in your body. You feel anxious, you feel scared, you feel any of those four responses that I outlined. And if you can find a way to regulate your own nervous system and to process and digest what you're feeling, you might need to do a little bit more inner work to act, to figure out like, okay, what about this is so upsetting for me? Like, do I have to do some shadow work or some ego work here? But if you can get to that point, what you can do next is you can actually find a way to be a secure, stable person in the conflict and like have a backbone, essentially, and hold your stance firmly while still having an open mind and maybe some curiosity and compassion. So if you can come up with a way to create curiosity, compassion while having a backbone, that is going to really benefit you in terms of conflict online. So what that can look like is knowing what your personal and energetic boundaries are with people. So if someone is just being completely disrespectful, you don't have to tolerate it, block, delete them. If someone has some feedback for you that if your followers were watching it and you didn't respond to it, 
or you just kind of ignored it or it was something that was like a questionable thing, respond back to it in, in the best way you possibly can, not just for the person that's asking, but for like your overall community. You don't have to do this immediately. You don't have to do it ever. You can just delete stuff if you want to. Like it's your home. It's your like living room essentially. And you can choose, you can pick and choose which conflicts you want and which ones you just aren't really emotionally available for. You don't have to make yourself emotionally available to go through stuff with people on the internet. But if you find yourself more ready to do that, what I found in the moments that I've really done that um, with my audience, and I've specifically responded back to some videos made about me about how much money I charge for my mastermind and how it's unethical and stuff. I took it upon myself to respond back to some of that and break down my the reasoning or why I am qualified to do what I do. And it was a challenging thing to do to kind of be in a debate with someone about who I am and my integrity and my character. But that allowed me to create a better experience for the people that do follow me versus just avoid it. Um it's such a nuanced topic to decide what you address and what you don't address. I think a lot of celebrities really have to figure this out. And some people address it in music and songs and not with like a PR statement or anything yeah. like that. But, you know, I think it's getting much more nuanced with social media now. Yeah. And like we know people on social media that they have a thousand followers and they make a million dollars a year in their business from that small, very engaged yeah. micro following group. So it's like, this interaction can happen at all levels. And I think people who are starting side hustles, it's like, if there's anything I've learned about branding or reputation, it's like, if you don't create your brand, the world will create it for you. And that is very scary. Like look at political scandals in history. A lot of the times the person who's on the receiving end of the scandal, like not the, but let's say it's the president or the politician, they're usually shamed. You know, like I think about like sexual scandals it's like usually those yeah. people don't have reputations. And so it's like the the president or whoever the politician is, they like get off the hook. But that other person leaves with like forever being the woman in the scandal. It's like right. they had a personal brand to bounce back on. Maybe that wouldn't have been yeah. the case. I don't know. It's really sad to see how this works. Totally. Um, okay. Final question. I know you have so many good things in the book, like the nine stages of personal branding and niching down into yourself, which I think is such a fun chapter title. Um, and, and, and also just a lot about pivoting. Cause I think we change. Um, is there something that I haven't asked you that you think before we go, um, would be really important for everybody to kind of reflect on, um, as they enter into your book and their brand? Yeah, I think we covered so many great topics that span across just the experience of, of what it's like to put yourself out there in any capacity. If, I, if we can leave everybody with one thing, it's just to know, kind of coming off of what you just last said about having a personal brand, regardless of what industry you're in, if you allow the world to kind of create a narrative of you, that's okay in a way. But I do think that we're moving towards a world where you can control the narrative about who you are and you can show people who you are and you can represent and embody what you really want to be known for. And social media is a great platform to do that within your work life and within the company that you work for. The industry that you're in is a great way to do that. Doing a TED Talk is a great way to do that. And if you don't learn how to get sturdy within yourself, that process is going to be increasingly difficult. So find out who you can lean on, what friendships will remind you who you are and support you and reflect back to you and mirror you both your own greatness and your downfalls and shortcomings. Find emotional tools to support yourself. There's tons in the book. I have like a workbook that goes along with it with lots of journaling exercises, but find as many tools to process the emotions that come up in the journey of representing yourself and branding yourself and being yourself as possible and connect to yourself. Every day, connect to yourself through journaling, connect to yourself through art, creativity, poetry, whatever you got to do to know what's true for you, do that because that will allow you to feel more sturdy when you are being followed. Mm. Okay, friends, um, I'm so excited about this book and just having cracked it open last week and getting into the energy of it was so potent for me. 
Um, I would love for you to share this episode on the gram. Let us know what you learned. And the first five of you to do that, I'm going to send you a book. So just DM me your address um, and we will share it. And just really grateful for you listening. Thanks for writing your book, Snoop. I'm really proud of you. It's good stuff. I could tell you feel very proud of it. Like you didn't miss anything, which is a very cool feeling as an author. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. And where can everybody find you or follow you? (laughs) (laughs) Follow. (laughs) Where can can you be followed? (laughs) Um, At Amanda Bucci on Instagram. My website is amandabucci.com. And you can follow the book at followed book on Instagram. Mm. It has its own little place. Thank you so much for tuning into the U-Turn podcast. And thank you again so much for our sponsors. We are here because of you and to our listeners. Thank you for checking out our sponsors. We always pick people and brands that we trust and we believe in. And just for listening to the show, writing your reviews on the Apple app, and just being willing to make your own U-Turns. We'll see you next week. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.